honor his faithfulness. I honor the faithfulness of our God. Let me just get myself set up here. If you don't mind.
from where we are. We can only see what's in front of us and what's behind us and what's to our left and to our right. We can't see what's coming down the pipeline. Father, and it is your will, God. It is your will. It is your will. It is not your will for us to perish. But if we perish, it is because, because of our choices. Father, help us to know and understand that our decisions dictate our destiny. Help us to understand, Lord God, that the choices that we make helps us to get to where we're going. Whether it's good or bad, Father, we just thank you today. We humble ourselves to you, God. We need you. Father, we need you. It takes nothing away from us to say that we need you. Father, we need you. Come on, if you just need him, just lift your hand and say, Lord, I need you. Come on, see, sometimes we might have all of our needs supplied, but that doesn't mean we don't need God. Father, we still need you because we don't know what is coming tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen in our world. We don't know what's going to happen in our personal lives. We don't know what is going to happen. We just don't know. Father, so we need you. We need you more than the very air that we breathe. We need you more than the very food that we eat. We need you more than the people are around us. We need you so much, God. You are our GPS. You are our GPS and you sit in heaven. The Bible says that the heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Father, and you sit in the heavens and you lead us and guide us towards where you are. Help us to yield. Help us to yield to your word and to your will. Help us to yield to your word and to your will. Help us to yield, Father. Help us to yield, especially in this time that we're living in, God. Help us to yield. Somebody say, help me to yield to you. Say, Father, help me to yield to you. Father, help me to you. Help me to yield to you, Jesus. Help me to yield. Come on, let's just take this moment. Help me to yield to you, Jesus. I want to yield to your will. I want to yield to your will. I want to yield to your way. Help me to yield to you, Jesus. Father, I yield to you right now, God. You are the potter and I am the clay. Have your way. Speak to your people today. Speak to your people today. I yield and I humble and I submit myself before you that you might have your way. We give you glory, honor, and praise in the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ. And everyone says amen. 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 See, my, my way of connecting with God is through worship. I don't know about you, but whenever I feel far... Whenever I feel distant, whenever I feel like I can't find my way, I connect with God through worship. And it's never us. It is never us. No matter how much we prepare a message, no matter how much we feel like we can get ourselves ready and we might know everything that needs to say, you never know what the need is. So it's important for us to always find connection with God so he can bring the needs to the forefront and so he can meet those needs amen he's a good god and he wants to meet the needs of his children he wants to meet the needs of his children amen all right all right let's get into the word all right thank you so much man put your hands together for the band they do such a wonderful job So today we're kicking off our new series, and that series is entitled Counterculture, Uriah. 
Where's the image? Thank you very much. <laughs> it is entitled Counterculture, and our theme scripture is Romans chapter 12 and 2. And uh, we're going to explore the dimensions and the dynamics of this counterculture throughout this series. We're going to talk about what it is, where it is, where did it come from, and how do we live in and a part of it. So I have the wonderful assignment to intro this series, giving honor to my pastor, Pastor Andre R. Jones, who is not here. Giving honor to him in his absence. Put your hands together for him for giving me this opportunity to stand in proxy and to, and to stand in the gap while he isn't here and giving honor to his wife, our beautiful pastor, Rachel Jones, who is here. They work so hard and so diligent just to do God's will and I thank God for their lives. So I have this wonderful assignment to introduce this series and I wanna help you today bring some clarity and that clarity is concerning what is happening in your life at this present moment. Some if not all of us are currently in a very interesting place, space and position. And the place space the place, space, and position we're in is new to us. We've never been here before. This place is a place of transition. It's an in-between place. It's an uncomfortable place. Has anyone ever been in an uncomfortable place before? It almost feels almost like going through puberty. I'm the same person, but everything in and around me is changing. And it's shifting. It's going to take some getting accustomed to. It's an awkward place. I'm definitely not where I was, but I'm absolutely not where I'm going yet. Yeah. I'm trying to navigate all this place that I'm in. Wow. I'm being challenged to do more and to be more. I'm unsettled. I'm uneasy. All this place that I'm in, there's a conflict there's a conflict with what I knew to be right versus what I've now discovered to be right. Some of the things that I love, I'm realizing that it might not be God's best for me. All this conflict that I feel, this place that I'm in. I used to be comfortable and content with where I was and what I was doing, but now I'm uncomfortable. This conflict, i I'm, I'm uncomfortable with the place that I find myself now. And it brings us here to our base scripture in the book of Romans. And I'm going to give you a little bit of foundation um, about the book of Romans. The book of Romans is one of the most profound books in existence. It is, current, it is certainly one of the most valued parts of the Holy Scriptures. It has been appropriately termed the cathedral of the Christian faith. Its profound theology and impressive style were reason enough for it to be assigned the first place amongst the Pauline epistles written around 60 AD. The book of Romans clearly indicates that it was written from Corinth on Paul's third missionary journey. It was his third missionary journey. Paul had never actually visited the church of Rome, but after fulfilling his mission of mercy to Jerusalem, he, he hopped or hoped to go to Rome and route on his way to Spain. 
Now, when Paul wrote the, this epistle to the church in Rome, that congregation must have already been exist, in existence for a number of years. Because Paul wrote, when he wrote, he said he desired to visit them these many years. And you can find that in Romans chapter 15, verse 23. To him, this church was strong enough to help him carry out further missionary activities. They were not called our recent converts. They were not treated as having been improperly instructed, but seemed to have seemed to have been an organized and well-grounded congregation. The, this epistle deals with no major error in the church, nor does it deal with organizational principles. It was a church that was universally famous and not merely because it was just in Rome. The church was a group of this church, the Church of Rome, was a group that had a large Jewish element, but was also filled with Gentile converts from paganism, both free as well as slaves. Now, this is a breeding ground for conflict. Now, let's get some perspective here. Uh, here we have the Jews who practiced Judaism and were strict about their practices and Jewish culture, and we also have the Gentiles, which means non-Jewish, who are from a pagan culture with pagan practices, all in one church, a part of one general body. And I can only imagine the cultural differences, the challenges, and the drama that was happening in the church of Rome. Because you had the Jews on one side, and they have their Judaism culture, their culture from Judaism. And then you have the non-Jews, you have the Gentiles, and they have their culture, right? And it's, and it's very interesting. Anyone ever experienced church drama, especially in a new church? Especially in a new church. This group, you know, wants this type of music because where they came from, this is what they're accustomed to. And this other group is mad because this group dresses a certain way, you know, and, 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 and when, they, when we all come together, they feel like the way that they dress is irreverent. It's not church attire. This other group, you know, is mad because people are eating this type of food. And then this other group is mad because this group is praying too long. Have you ever been in conflict? We're talking about in the book of Romans, the conflict that was happening. The conflict, the cultural conflict that was happening. The drama that was happening at that time. The religious against the non-religious. The secular against the sacred. The Jew versus the Gentile. Culture versus culture. So at this present time, there was a conflict happening in the church at Rome. And the apostle addresses it briefly here in Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. Alright, so give me Romans 12 verses 1 and 2. And it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, dedicated all of yourselves, set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. Verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed, progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves 
what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. So the Apostle Paul was addressing the church at Rome, and the first thing he said to them in this chapter was, be not conformed. He said, be not conformed. Now, the word conformed means to comply with rules and meets, you know, um, comply with rule standards or laws of a person behaving according to socially acceptable conventions or standards. It means to be similar in form or type. It means to agree. He said to the church now, and, and, and I want to kind of go back for a moment. There was a conflict happening in the church of Rome, and that conflict was a cultural conflict. There was a lot happening. And the apostle, apostle Paul began to address this conflict in Romans, and he said, first thing, be not conformed to this world. He said, don't be like this world. Don't try to be like this world. Don't try to conform, or don't try to agree, or don't try, don't try to be similar to this world. He said, be not conformed to this world. Now, he wasn't referring to the earth, and, and, and if you've ever heard me speak, I, I like to give an explanation of the difference between the earth and the world. Two different things. The earth is the terra firma. It is the firm terrain. It is the planet on which we stand and live. So we live on the earth, right? The earth is the terra firma. But the world, the Bible says in Psalms 24 and 1, that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world and they that dwell therein. So we live on the planet earth, but we live in and a part of the world. Okay? So we live on the earth and we live in the world. God created the earth, but we produce and manifest the world. The definition of world is all of the people, societies, and institutions on the earth. World also means culture. He said, be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this culture. There was a conflict between cultures. He said, you're worrying about the conflict. You're worrying about what you're wearing and, 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 and what you feel is right religiously and then this other group over here is wondering well why they gotta be so religious and you know cause in our culture we don't come for that he said y'all arguing about cult the culture of this world he said be not conformed to this culture this culture the word this means right if you look at it the word this means or it, it, it the word this almost suggests that there's another culture. He said, don't be conformed to this culture, but there's another culture that I want you to be conformed to. There's another culture that I want you to conform to. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now the word culture, let's deal with the word culture. The word culture is the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation people or social group, the attitudes and behavior characteristics of a particular social group, the customary ways of a people which includes language, food, music, thinking, and values. He said, be not conformed to this culture. See, because now there's a conflict and the thing about culture is that culture comes to shape you and the way that you live and the way that you operate and what you believe. Culture comes to shape the way that we live, the way that we operate, and culture comes to shape what we believe. Say it with me. Culture, culture. comes to shape 
what we believe. And there are two cultures trying to exist in the same space. Anytime there are two cultures trying to exist in the same space, there will be a conflict. There will be a conflict. There will be a conflict in, in, in mindset. Because what one culture thinks should be one way, another culture thinks it should be another way. And now the same conflict that we feel, the same conflict that we feel, there's a, there's a conflict that's happening in and around us. What is this conflict that I feel about the place where I am versus the place where you're taking me? What is this conflict that's happening? And it's the same, the same type of conflict that we see in the book of Romans is a conflict that we are dealing with. Some of us are feeling uneasy about some things. Some of us are feeling uneasy about the places that we are. Some of us are feeling uneasy about what our next step is. Some of us are feeling easy about how we're thinking. Some of us are feeling easy, uneasy, uneasy about the things that we're eating and the things that we're valuing. He said, now, culture affects the way that we think, the way that we speak, what we eat, what we value, and culture affects what we believe. We are in conflict right now because where we currently are is in conflict with the place that we're going. He said, be not conformed to this world, meaning he was pointing to another culture. And that culture will transform you if you allow it to change the way that you think. That culture is a counterculture. Counterculture. Counter, the definition of counterculture. Counterculture is a way of life and a set of attitudes opposed to or at variance with the prevailing social norm. I'm going to say that again. Counterculture is a way of life and a set of attitudes opposed to or at variance with the prevailing social norms. So what is it about what's happening in our lives? What is it, what is it about the conflict that is happening in our lives? What is at variance? With the, with the culture of God, of the culture of the kingdom? What is it about where we are in our lives that is opposed to God's will? Where is it, where are we or what is it about our lives that is at variance, that is making us uncomfortable because it doesn't line up with God's will for us? All through the scriptures we see Jesus talking about a counterculture and that culture is the kingdom of God and that kingdom has a culture. Let's break down the word kingdom. The word kingdom means the domain of a king. In, in, in its simplest form. Kingdom means the domain of a king. Say kingdom, kingdom. means domain. the domain, domain of a king. Okay. It's domain of a king. And in a kingdom, everything runs and operates at the will of the king. It's his will, it's his desire, and it's his plan. Go with me to the next scripture. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 6. Go with me to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to be very brief and I'm almost done. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. We're going to start at verse 9, okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and it says, After this manner pray ye, our Father which art in heaven. The first thing I want you to understand, it says, Our Father, our Father, our, our beginning, our progenitor, our, our leader, 
our Father, which art in heaven. And, 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 and I'm going to kind of break this down a little bit. It says our Father. And what I love about it is that a lot of us have what, what this does for me. It puts things in perspective for me because we're talking about the king and we're talking about his kingdom and we're talking about his culture and where this culture is. Where is this culture and where is it going? So our father who art in heaven, so we know that our king is where? In heaven. He's our father. He's our king. He is in heaven. And, and the word father for me means a whole lot of things. If y'all were here when I did the other series, you kind of understand my issues with the word father. Right. And many of us might have our own issues with the word father. But he says, our father, which art in heaven. So we know that he is our father and our father, the father is the beginning. He is the beginning of everything. Our father, which is where in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. The word hallowed means respected. It means reverence. It means revered. It means that his name is a name of character. His name is an integral name. So our father, our king who is in heaven with an integral name, um, he said, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Say it with me. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy culture come. Thy culture come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. So now where is this where is this culture coming from? This culture is coming from heaven. This culture is that other culture that, that Apostle Paul was talking about. He said, be not conformed to this culture. But there is another culture that is coming that I want you to start to conform yourself to. He said, thy kingdom, thy culture come. And when the kingdom of God comes or when, or when the culture of God comes, he says, thy will be done in earth. Come on, so we know that when the culture of God comes, the culture of God is the will of the king. Yes, it is his will. It is his plan. It is his way. And see, this is a part of our conflict because, see, we grow up, most of us grow up either in one place or the next. We either grow up in the religious, really religious uh, culture, or we grow up in a non-religious culture. So now here's my conflict because I didn't grow up in either one. Right? So you have a, a non-religious culture and you have a religious culture. Now, he says, okay, wait. He says, and he says, thy kingdom come. Kingdom of the domain. Okay, wait, where'd my scripture go? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. So when we're dealing with the will, when we're dealing with the will of God, when we're dealing with the culture of God, his culture comes with the will. So for me, the struggle was this. I have the religious stuff over here that I learned in church and you got to do this this way, you got to do this that way, you got to dress this way, you got to dress that way and I'm like okay my conflict is that I don't I don't understand that, I don't relate to that then I have over here in the secular world, I come from the secular world and they're like oh you dress like this you got to do this, you got to do that and I'm like I relate to this but this is not what I want, there has to be something more there has to be something more have you ever been in a place where You've been from one extreme to the next. I've been in church all my life, and it's like I've been in church all my life, and I've done everything that was required of me to do religiously, but my life has not changed. I haven't experienced change. I haven't experienced the real and raw power of God. I haven't been introduced to His will, not the will of the religious people. I haven't been introduced to His will. Have you ever been in the world where 
you know, you in the world and you're like, all right, I'm living my life and I'm doing what I feel is right to do, but it's something that's not right. It's something that's not right. As much as I try to do wrong, there's a scripture that says the good that I would do, I don't do, but that which I want to do, I can't. I don't know how to do the good that I know I could do. This is my conflict. This is the conflict that was happening in the book of Romans. It was the religious people because, again, they're all coming now into one body. Right? So you got people over here saying, all right, so now... We're, we're all a part of the Roman church tonight. Your skirt has to be all the way down to the ground to the point where you're stepping on it. You can't wear no makeup. You can't put no wig on. You can't have no eyelashes. You can't do all of that. You can't do it. And then on the other side, you have the pagans coming in. And the pagans are saying, all right, well, can you bring, can you bring that up for me, that, that, that podium? You have the pagans saying, all right, well, well, and I'm doing this as a comparison. You know, you have the religious people. You know, we're solid. We old school. This is what we're accustomed to. This is my foundation. I'm by the book. There's no, there's no, what do you mean, mercy? This is, is this way or there's no way. This is what we're accustomed to. But you know what? This, this didn't change. This didn't really impact my life. Though it introduced me to, 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 to Jesus, it didn't teach me real relationship. It didn't teach me authenticity. It gave me practices to do. And what I did was I practiced. But I never came into the fullness of becoming who God has called me to be. See, there's a conflict because I'm in between these two places. I'm in between the old, but then here you have the new. Here's, here's the, 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 the sacred, but here's the secular now because this looks, first of all, is much better than that. To me, it just looks better. I'm, I'm secular. It just looks better. What you going to do with that old thing? It's so heavy. It's, it's heavy, and you, you can't do nothing with it. It's too, too strong. But this, oh, you can push it down. If you're short, you can push it up. You know, you can bend it. You can use it for different uses. Oh, this makes a whole lot of sense. This makes a whole lot of sense to have a new podium. And I'm in, I'm in the middle because what I've always knew isn't helping me on this side. And what I knew on this side isn't helping my life. There's two, I'm in between two cultures and I'm conflicted. See, the, 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 the conflict that we feel, the uneasiness that we feel, is because there are two cultures at work. There are two wills at work. There are two things that are at work. And, and, and what's happening is that the Lord is saying that there is another culture. There is another will. There's another will. There is another will. See, we might not know and understand what that will is. We might not have been introduced to that will, but this is the purpose of this, this series, Counterculture, because we want to talk about, well, if, 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 if this ain't the culture, and this ain't the culture, then what is it that I feel? I remember in 2008, I was in a place in my life where I was, I was new to church, because I was in church for a good maybe five or six years, right? But I was in church because when I dived in, I dived in. And I got into a place in my life where I said, Lord, there has to be something more. There has to be something more. I'm conflicted in my spirit. What, I, what I've always known to do in my, my you know, technology, batteries die, but it's all right. What I've always known 
as right when I was in my sin. I realized that it's not right. But then when I came into your to, to the church, I was taught so many things that were just, it, it kind of helped me get away from my sin, but it brought me into another bondage. Anybody ever experienced that? Ever, anybody ever went from one form of bondage to the next? See, our lives are in transition. And, th and this is what I love about the kingdom of God. And this is what I love about what God is doing in our lives. When we come to church, this is not the place where God wants to teach us religion. This is not the place where he wants to teach us religion. This is where he wants to bring us into relationship. Yes. Yes. And this is, the, this is where, right? Because listen, in the world... We went from one extreme, don't do this, don't do that, to no, I'll do whatever I want to do, right? I can do a whole lot of stuff, I can bend, I can go up. Listen, I'm flexible, I can do whatever I want. It is my will, at my will to, to hear where it's like, you can't do nothing. You can't go out, you can't go to the movies, you can't, you know, you can't date, you, can, you can't do nothing. To a place where it's like there has to be something more. And that is the that is the conflict. That's the uneasiness that the body is feeling. That is the uneasiness that each and every one of us are feeling because there is something more. How many of you know that there is something more? There's something more than religion. There's something more than the world. Listen, the world can't do nothing for me. I thank God for my experiences in the world, but this world can't do nothing for me. The Bible says that the blind lead the blind, they're going to all fall into the ditch. If the blind leads the blind, they're going to all fall into the ditch. So, but I thank God for my experiences in the world because it taught me what not to do. I thank God for my experiences in the church because it taught me what not to do. He brought me out of the world, brought me into the church, but not religion. He didn't bring me into the church to get caught up in religion. He didn't bring me into the church to get caught up in a religious culture. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? He didn't bring us into the church. There's a difference between the church and religion. The church is his body. The church is the body of Christ. The Bible says that he is the head of the church. And we are his what? His body. So the Lord brought us into the body. And he called us into this body. But there's a culture and it is called the culture of the kingdom. Let me tell you something. When Jesus walked the earth, if you read the Gospels, all throughout the Gospels, there was one specific instance that happened. And he said, you said that if you look on another man's wife, or if you sleep with another man's wife, you've committed adultery. That's what the religious people say. He said, but in the kingdom, he said, if you even look on another man's wife, it's adultery. It's a different culture. He said, be not conformed to this culture, this culture but be transformed by the renewing of your mind be transformed by changing the way allowing his culture allowing the culture of the kingdom to transform that we, the way that we see life and living and worship be transformed by the renewing of your mind see when we receive the kingdom of god when we receive the culture of god we receive god's will because when the kingdom of god comes the bible says Thy kingdom come first, then thy will be done where? It says in earth. Thy will be done in earth. Where did we come from? We came from the dust. We came from the earth. So when the kingdom of God comes, his will is to be done in us. 
Thy will be done in earth. Read it again. Thy will be done. What does it say? Thy kingdom come. Okay, go to the next slide, Uriah. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth. In earth. As it is where? In heaven. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Therefore saying, thy culture. When your, when your culture comes, your will, your way, your plan be done in me as it is in heaven. Just like how you operate in heaven. Just like how everything bowed down to your word. Just like how everything listens to your voice and responds and reacts. He said the same thing to happen in our lives. Just like how your will is done in heaven. Let your will be done in earth. Let your will be done in me. See, this is what I love about the counterculture. The counterculture will not look like the culture that you have come from. So people might think that you're crazy. People might think that you're crazy. And I've had people think that I was crazy. People, when I was going through my transition, coming from out of the world and coming into the, into the kingdom of God and coming out of religion, coming out of the world and coming out of religion and then coming into understanding the kingdom of God, people thought I was crazy. I thought I was crazy because I had no idea what was happening. And I used to say to myself, there has to be something more because I'm coming to church and I thank God for my church, but... There's something more. I'm conflicted because some of the things I'm seeing now is like, well, God, where do I fit in this? Because I knew that I had a gift and a talent and I know God wanted me to use it for the betterment of humanity, but I couldn't see how it fit into the religious box. See, as a designer, as a creative, I'm a designer, I'm a creative being. And, you know, at that time I had started a collection and I was like, well, I'm not even interested in making church clothes. I'm not trying to make church hats. I want to make clothes that people can wear every day. So for me, that was like, there has to be something more. I think I'm, I'm, there's something that I am missing. There has to be something that I'm missing. And the Lord started to speak to me and he started to show me and he started to use my pastor to teach me and introduce me to the culture of the kingdom of God. There's a big difference between the culture of the kingdom and the culture of religion. Amen. It's a very, 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 very big difference. And as we go along in this series, we're going to unpack and we're going to unfold the differences. We're going to unpack and unfold. You can stand to your feet. We're going to unpack and we're going to unfold the differences between the culture of the kingdom, the culture of the world, and the culture of religion. See, the kingdom culture is a counterculture. It's not a subculture. And a subculture bows to other cultures. The, kingdom, the culture of the kingdom does not bow or submit to any other culture. I think about <coughs> I think about the word conflict again and I think about being in an uneasy place and it took, takes me to the scripture in Luke where Mary had the encounter with the angel and what was so powerful about that scripture was Mary had no idea that the culture of kingdom was coming the culture of the kingdom was coming to invade her space the Bible says, uh, yes, the Bible says, now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, an angel, the angel Gabriel went, was sent from God into the city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, a descendant of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, the angel says, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. 
but she was greatly perplexed. She was conflicted. Have you ever been in a conflicted place? And you know, how is it possible that I'm engaged to be married and this is Mary, engaged to be married and now the angel is coming to her and she's like, well, why is the angel coming to me? And he said, and kept carefully considering what kind of greeting this was. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Listen carefully, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Next slide. He will be great and imminent and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob, Israel forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin and have had no intimacy with the man? I'm conflicted. You're saying to me, God, that there's more, you have more for me than what I see? You're saying to me, God, that I have the capacity to birth something in the earth that's great? Little on me? Me who I haven't had experiences in your presence. I'm new to this. I'm new to this, to, to this Christianity thing. I'm new to this kingdom thing. And you're saying that I have purpose? There's a greater purpose for my life? I just wanted to get married and have kids. And you're saying that you have more for me. Now I'm conflicted because now, see that more that, that conflict and that more, because again, I'm telling you, there has to be somebody else in here who feels or have ever felt there has to be something more. Yes, yes. God didn't bring me out of the world, out of a bad place to bring me into the religious bondage. There has to be something else. There has to be something else. And I know that there has to be somebody else in here like myself and like Mary who was conflicted when God presented and said there's something greater. I have a greater purpose for your life. I have a greater plan for your life. And the seed that I have put inside of you, that gift, that talent, that ability, it is going to be a blessing to people all over the world. Amen. That idea, that business that ministry that I've put on the inside of you that you didn't even know that you had. You didn't even know that you had the potential to birth something great in the earth. And see, here's what I love is that something great in the earth doesn't mean it has to be big. It doesn't mean I need to have a mega ministry like T.D. Jakes. Something great, He when he said great, he meant impact. What is in you can have great impact. What is in you has the potential to have great impact. He, then the angel replied, or Mary said to the angel, how, how will this be since I am a virgin and have no intimacy? How can this be me since I'm inexperienced in this area? How can it be me since I've never done that before? How can this be me since I've never seen this happen before? Has God ever given you a dream? Has God ever given you a vision that you've never seen happen before? How can this be me, God? How can you give me something so big? How can you give me something great? But see, this is what happens when you receive the culture of the kingdom. See, when you receive the culture of the kingdom, you receive his will. And his will for us is bigger than our will for ourselves. His will for us is bigger than the will that the enemy in the world had planned for us. Come on. Come on, his will. His will, the culture. Come on, we're talking about the culture, the counterculture. When you receive the counterculture, 
you receive his will and his will is so much greater his will is so much bigger he said thy kingdom thy culture come so thy will can be done in me See, the conflict, the real conflict is that I can't hold on to two cultures. I can't hold on to two cultures. I can't hold on to how I used to think and how he wants me to think. Two cultures can't live in the same space. I can't hold on to what I want to do and what he wants me to do. See, and sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't want to go to church because they got too many rules and I don't got... Listen, red lights were not created to restrict you from driving. Red lights were created to preserve your life. God doesn't give us boundaries. The Bible says that he is a mind regulator. What does that mean? He regulates our mind. He puts a boundary around our mind. That boundary isn't so because he doesn't want you to think. That boundary is to preserve your container. The Bible says we are earthen vessels. We are precious vessels. And all he wants to do is preserve the vessel. He doesn't want anybody just coming and putting whatever they want in the vessel. This is a vessel reserved for value. This is a, a vessel preserved for precious things. You can't just come and just dump garbage into my vessel. This vessel is a precious vessel. And each and every one of us in this place are a vessel. The Bible says we are vessels of honor unto God. See, come on, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done before today. It doesn't matter the place that you may have found yourself. It's important for us to realize that we are his vessel. And he wants to pour into us. We are his vessels and he wants to give us the culture of the kingdom. We are his vessels and he wants to pour in his will. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy will be done, thy will be done. Come on, thy will be done. It's all about his will being done. It's all about his will being done. Then the angel replied to Mary after she said, how can this be me? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you like a cloud. For that reason, the holy, pure, sinless child shall be called the Son of God. See, so it doesn't even matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past experiences are. What God has put in you is holy. What he's put in you is sinless. And the thing about it is that there's nothing that you can do to change that. There's nothing that you can do to change your purpose. There's nothing that you can do to change the destiny that God has for your life. There's nothing that you can do. He will always be there. He said, the child shall be called the son of God. This belongs to God. And listen, even your, your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she, who was called barren, is now in her sixth month. Have you ever been called barren? Have you ever felt like you can't produce anything for God? Have you ever felt like there's nothing that you can give him that's worth anything? He said, the one that was once barren, when she received the culture, she became pregnant. And he said, now she's six months pregnant. Have you ever come from a place where you just felt like, you know what, I, God don't want nothing to do with me because my sin is so dirty and I've done some real dirty stuff. Have you ever felt like that? I know I haven't, I'm not the only one that might have ever felt like that. And he is saying, it doesn't matter. At this point, it does not matter what you have done. 
At this point, it doesn't matter where you come from. At this point, all of your faults and your flaws and your insecurities, it doesn't matter. See, because we all have them. And it might not seem like that because the religious church wants you to think that they're perfect. But I'm here to tell you that we are not perfect. We're not religious and we are not perfect. We all have issues. We all have things that we are working through. We all have things that we are working through. So don't ever feel like God can't use you. Don't ever feel like God can't do anything with you. See, it's not even about us doing it ourselves, but it is about us receiving the kingdom. See, when you receive the culture of the kingdom, you can be barren and he gets pregnant. When you receive the kingdom, you can be someone that has never done anything in your life before. They're part to doing things that are impacting the lives of many people. It's all about building. Come on, he's building our hope. And he's building our expectation. There's something great inside of you. I'm here to tell you that there's something great inside of you. I'm here to tell you that there is something great inside of you. See, the thing about Mary, she said, it had to get to a point where she said, it's almost like the angel had to convince her of the greatness that was in her. And she said, after a while, you know what, angel? Be it unto me. Be it unto me. Everything that you're saying, I receive it. I can't fight it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna allow my culture to fight the vision that you're trying to bring to me. I'm not gonna allow the culture that I grew up in and the things that I grew up hearing people say to me about who I was, I'm not gonna let that block what you're saying about me. I'm not gonna let that change the way that I see myself because you're saying one thing and, I, I, and my culture said something else. So I, I, I'm gonna go with the culture of the kingdom. I'm gonna listen to what he says about me. I'm gonna receive what he says about me. I'm going to walk in who he has called me to walk in. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Be it unto me. Come on, just say, be it unto me. Be it unto me. I receive it. Father, I receive your kingdom. I receive the culture of the kingdom. All you got to do is say, I receive the culture of the kingdom. I receive the culture of the kingdom. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it with my whole heart. I receive it because with your culture, your will. I receive your will. I receive your will into my heart. Father, I let go of my will and I receive your will. I let go of my way and I receive your way. See, I used to think I knew what I was doing, but I realized in this thing called life, we don't know what we're doing. We can only see what's in front of us. I don't know what I'm doing, God, so I receive your will so I can see how you see her, so I can hear the way that you hear her, so I can move the way that you're instructing me. I receive your will. I receive your plan. See, because my plan has failed so many times. My plan has failed so many times. I did a bad job at planning. I did a bad job at planning my life. My follow-through is not so good. Oh, I receive your will. Father, it's your will I receive. I receive your will. I receive your will today. I let go of my conflicting ideas. I let go of the things that I want so I can receive what you have for me. Father, the things that you have for me are far greater. They're far greater. They're far greater. And the blessing is that I don't have to work for it. All I have to do is receive it. All I have to do is receive it. So some of us spend our 
whole lives and we're worn out and we're tired of working and we're tired of trying and we're tired of falling and we're tired of failing and God says all you gotta do is receive this grace all you have to do is receive this culture you don't have to try to prove anything to me because he says I know the beginning and I know the end I know your yesterday and I know your tomorrow I know what you did last night and I know what you're gonna do next week he said you don't got to impress me you don't got to perform for me he says I knew you before you knew yourself I knew you before your mother knew your father before the foundation of the world I had purpose that you would receive my will I had already purpose that you would receive my kingdom I had already purpose that you would receive me and that I will impregnate you with vision. God is giving us new vision. When you receive the culture of the kingdom, when you receive the will of God, he gives you new vision. He gives you new hope. He gives you new excellence. He restores your passion. He restores your movement. Some of us may have felt stuck. Some of us may have felt stagnant. And God is restoring your movement. But he's moving you in the right direction. Some of us have felt insecure. Some of us felt unworthy because of what we've done. Because we look at what we can't do. And God says, when you receive the culture, the counterculture of the kingdom, you let me work in you. Let me work in you. Let my will work in you. Let my will work through you. Let my will work for you. All you gotta do is receive it. Come on, lift your hands and just receive from the Lord today. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you, Lord God, for being mindful of us. We thank you for coming to see about us today. Father, we thank you for making your kingdom available to us. Father, we thank you for not letting us die in the culture. We thank you for not letting us die in a wicked culture. We thank you for not letting us die in a wicked culture. We thank you for not letting us die in our sin. We thank you for not letting us perish in our evil ways. God, when we come to you today, and we ask you, Father, to forgive us. Forgive us for trying to do it ourselves. Forgive us for trying to do it ourselves. Forgive us for messing up. Forgive us for screwing up. Forgive us, Lord God, and we know that you said that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Where are we called? He said, I have called you out of darkness into my marvelous light. What is darkness? Darkness is ignorance. Darkness is not understanding. He said, I called you out of ignorance into understanding. I called you out of wickedness into righteousness. I called you out of a wicked culture into the culture of the kingdom. Thank you for calling us. Oh, we hear your call. We hear your call. We hear your call. I'm here today because I heard your call. I heard your call. Somebody did today because they heard his call. They felt him pulling. They felt him pulling. I feel you pulling. I feel you pulling me to a greater place. I feel you calling me to a greater place. I feel you pulling me to 
a greater place. I feel you pulling me to a greater place. I feel you pulling me to another place. I feel you pulling me, Jesus. I feel you. See, I couldn't say what it was before. I didn't understand what that thing was. But now I understand that it's your culture. It is the kingdom pulling me out of religion. It's the kingdom pulling me out of the secular world. You're pulling me into your kingdom. You're pulling me into your glory. You're pulling me into who you are. God, we don't fight. We don't fight. We're not going to fight. Oh, I'm not going to fight your will. I'm not going to fight your will anymore. 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 I don't understand everything. I don't understand everything. But I trust you enough to know that you teach me what I need to know. You'll teach me what I need to know. You'll help me along the way. God, it's your will. Father, it's your will. 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 It's your way. Oh, it's your will. Your way. It's your will. It's your way. It's your will. It's your way. It's your will. It's your way. Oh, Father, we just thank you today. We thank you today. See, some of us that are here today, we have no idea why we are even here. We thought we came because of an invitation. We thought we came because it's just a regular Sunday, and that's what we do on Sundays. We go to church. But so you don't really understand why you're here. See, you being here today means that there is a special invitation that God is extending to you, just like he extended it to Mary. And that invitation is saying, come to me, come to me, because there's something greater that is in you that you don't even see. There's something, there's a seed that God has put inside of you. There's a purpose that God has put inside of you. There's a destiny that is inside of you that you don't even realize. You don't even realize how powerful you are. You don't realize how much God wants to use your life. You don't even understand why you're standing in this place because there is purpose inside of you. There is destiny inside of you and it takes the kingdom of God and his culture and his will to extract that destiny, to extract that value, to extract that purpose that is inside of your earthen vessel. God is putting something in us today. He's putting something special in us today. He's putting something special. There's a special deposit. There's a special deposit. There's a special anointing that the Lord is dropping in this room today. There's a special anointing. And that anointing, there's the anointing that the Lord is releasing is the anointing to minister. The anointing to minister. Some of us feel like we can't give anything. Some of us feel like, like I don't have a license. I can't, I can't preach. I can't witness to nobody. I haven't been to seminary school and I don't know the Bible. But the Lord is dropping an anointing to minister. And the Bible says that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And that list of burdens is not your education. It is not the, the, your good way with words. But it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. And that lists the burden and God is dropping an anointing in this place. There's an anointing in this place. There's an anointing. There's an anointing. There's an anointing in this place today for minister. There's an anointing in this place to minister. There's an anointing in this place to minister. There's an anointing to minister. There's an anointing in this place to minister. There's an anointing in this place to minister. The Lord is going to use you. 
You're going to open up your mouth and people are going to be changed. People are going to want to know what must I do to be saved. People are going to want to know what is this culture that you're talking about. What is this culture? What is this culture? What is this will that you're talking about? What is this God that you serve? What is this power that you're experiencing? What is this power? What is this change? What is this change that you've experienced? Because see how I knew you before, I don't know you to be the same. What is this change that I'm seeing in your life? You're going to open up your mouth and say it's nothing but Jesus. It's nothing but the kingdom of this culture. The culture of this kingdom that's transforming my life. It's nothing but me yielding to the will of God. It's nothing but me yielding to the plan of God. It's nothing but me yielding to the way, 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 to the way of God. Father, we yield to your way. Father, we yield to your will, to your will, to your way. Hallelujah. We yield to your will, to your way. Hallelujah. I want to take a moment just to to say a special prayer today. And this is called the prayer of salvation. And the reason why we say this prayer is because it's as easy. See, we feel like we have to jump through hoops and we have to jump over walls and do all of this pomp and circumstance to come to Jesus. He ain't asking you to change nothing about yourself. You know why? Because we can't do anything. We can't change ourselves. We can make a decision, but we can't physically change ourselves. It is a part of our sinful nature to sin. So we can't solve the sin problem. And a lot of us are experiencing sin problems. We cannot change that. So the sin, the, the, this prayer is really about acknowledging the fact that, you know what, God, I've come to a place in my life where I realize that I don't know it all. And if I keep moving in this direction, I'm going to crash. If I keep living my life going past these red lights, I'm going to crash. And God, I value my life and I don't want to crash. And the fact that you brought me here today for this invitation shows that there's more to me than I even know. There's more to me than I even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's a part of you that you have never been introduced to. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. Than you even know. There's a part of you that you've never experienced before. There's a part of you that you haven't been introduced to yet. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's so much more to you than you even know. There's a part of you that you haven't even been introduced to yet. There's a value that you haven't even tapped into yet. There's a purpose that you haven't even begun to discover yet. There's something in you. There's something in you. There is something great that's inside of you. 
And it takes the right key to open up that door. It takes the right key to unlock that thing that has been locked up for such a long time. And that key is in the kingdom of God. That key is the will of the Father. That key is the will of the Father. That key is the will of the Father. That key is the will of God. The will of God. The will of God. Hey. Woo. Hallelujah. So this prayer that we're going to say is just an introduction into the family of the kingdom of God. It's not religion. We're not bringing you into religion. It's not religion, but it's relationship. It's not about what you're wearing, but it's about how you're living and loving God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel it today. I feel the sweet presence in this place today. Feel his loving arms wrapping around us today. I feel his loving arms wrapping around us today. I feel his loving arms wrapping around us in this place today. See, sometimes you just need an embrace from your father, and the father is embracing us. I can feel the father embracing us today. I can feel him embracing us today. I can feel the Father embracing his sons and his daughters today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I just want everyone to repeat after me. It's a very simple prayer and it says, Lord Jesus, I come today in your presence a sinner. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my waywardness. And I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for my wrong. Forgive me for trespassing against your will. Forgive me for trying to do things on my own. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. I believe that you suffer, bled, and died for my sin. And I believe that you were resurrected with all power to redeem me from the powers of sin and to bring me into your everlasting kingdom. I thank you for saving my life. I thank you for saving my life. I thank you for saving my life. And I believe that you are my Lord and you will be my Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we thank you today. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word today. We thank you for your presence today. We thank you for how you're moving. We thank you for being mindful of us. We thank you for loving us enough to take this moment in time to minister to us, to bring us into your kingdom. Father, we pray that you will continue, Lord, to teach us and continue to lead us in your way as we open up ourselves to the potential that you have prepared for us. Father, we just say thank you because you're a good God and we love you. 
and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. You may have your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.